0: Happy Friday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Download the DraftKings app today. Use the promo code CHAIL to get in on all the action. Guys, coming up on today's show, I'm going to give you my official predictions for the top three fights of this weekend's main card plus Luke Rockall is turning heel. And Paulo Costa says he has one fight left on his UFC contract. Before we get to those stories, I want to talk about a big headline the media is talking about as we head into tomorrow's main card. Kamara Usman, 205 pounds, go. I mean, that's how this is going to work. Kamaru Usman is not going to go and fight at 205 pounds. Kamaru Usman is not going to fight for the World Light Heavyweight Championship. But the debate is going to exist. So what do you say? Now, it's really important that you break this down because Kamaru Usman, who is a great, not 70-pounder, not great of our sport, he is an athletic great. He's an athletic genius. He's letting us in on something here. Now, John Anik was weighing in on this, and John Anik says, stated for the audience, hey guys, don't at all be confused. Kamar Usman is not overlooking Leon by talking about 205 pounds. Now, this is relevant because John Anik meets with Kamar Usman. He meets with everybody on the card before he goes and does his job. So, he had his meeting with Kamar, at least the way I envisioned. Now, he's coming out and he's sharing with you guys, but he has the same interpretation that I've shared with you for a little bit which is Kamara Usman is bored. Now, that's rude. That's not a nice way to say it. Those are words that Kamara has never used. And if Kamara heard me say it, he might even deny them. Kamaru may not know this about himself. He's talking about 205 pounds. He's talking about Canelo Alvarez. He's talking about these monumental challenges for a reason. And to have a guy as cloaked and success as Kamara Usman that he would walk away and go up to 205 pounds or he would leave the sport completely and go to boxing, I man, this is something very rare. We've seen it. We've seen it one time. One time that I could think of it, it was John Jones. John Jones being so successful, he gave a world championship back. He just gave it back. They didn't even make somebody beat him for it. He gave it back. Now, Kamara Usman isn't to that point. But this is what Kamara, 205 pounds, is about. Look, he's not specific. He, over time, has used the word Yuri Prohaska. We made it very clear it wasn't calling out Yuri. It wasn't something to do with Yuri. It wasn't a personal beef. Yuri had the belt. He also made it very clear if Glover gets it back, then it's going to be Glover. Touched on the fact of if John Jones returns, I go for you. What I'm sharing with you, if we don't have to worry about losing Kamara Usman and losing him to 205 pounds. I don't personally believe that Kamara even thinks that that's a hope or an opportunity. He's setting and putting his mind in a position. The greats will do this. The greats will go and wrestle in the Olympics for the first time, or they'll go box in the Olympics for the first time. But they've played it through a thousand times. When they were nine years old, they were envisioning and practicing for that match. So you get all of this talk about experience. Experience isn't helpful in the fight game. In other sports, it is. I understand that, right? You played soccer two times, you're taking on a guy that's played 20 games. Just on logic alone, the guy that's done 20 games is going to have some advantages over you. All sports work that way, and there's a balancing act, and there comes athleticism, and there's some DNA, and there's things that throw off our recipe, but they're a a really good place to start, except for combat. The more you do something, the more of yourself you will leave out there. Not that you will pick up and not that you will gain. And it requires absolutely everything. Just to have the physical conditioning to be able to go hard for 15 minutes. I mean, I'll just share this with you, and most people will agree. Anybody that's ever tried wrestling, will talk about that's the hardest sport I've ever done. Even if they just played, even if their cousin was a wrestler or something, and it's Thanksgiving, and they move the coffee table, and they go at it for 15 or 20 seconds, they will come away and tell other people for the rest of their life about how difficult... And what cardio that required and that they were sore for four or five days in places that they didn't even know that they had muscles. Like, that that's a very real talk. And I came up and I lived through that for 15 years. And could never do it the way that I wanted. I could never push the pace in a seven-minute match for absolutely all seven minutes. Wanted to. Just never got to that point. Always had to have strategies. Always had to find a position. Slow a match down. Get out of bounds. Untie your shoe. Whatever it was. And most people are like me. And they were tough and they wanted to do it and they learned how to do it. But if they were being honest with themselves to push the pace for seven minutes as their coaches had intended or like the guys that they aspired to be like, they probably never got there. Then you come into combat, which is a minimum of 15 minutes. But the guy's not trying to score on you. He's trying to damage you. It's very different. There's nowhere to hide. There's no shoe to untie. There's no I have a bloody nose. There's no my coach stopped the mat. These things just don't exist. Very, very difficult. Very few people that could ever push themselves and get into that shape. Then you have the Kamara Uzmans. Now, we're having a conversation about less than a tenth of a percent of the population that will either be successful enough to be booked in a five-round contest or will be popular enough to be at the end of the night being a five-round contest. It's just very rare. Of those people that are booked, that are even given the opportunity, if you go back and you look how many people are in the five-round club, you will be stunned how few names you have. The UFC has a Hall of Fame. I'm not going to call people out. I'm just going to give you a really good place to go look. The UFC has a Hall of Fame, the most coveted spot that our industry currently recognizes. Go look at the Hall of Fame and find out how many of those people have never gone five rounds. They've all been booked for it. You go and look how many people actually did 25 minutes. It's a very small group, and the reason I bring this up, and the reason that John Anik is me with Kamaru and, and telling you all, Kamara Usman's eye is not off the ball. He's putting himself in a position where he can remain hungry. He's beating everybody and he's getting ready to do it a second time. What do you get if you beat Leon? That's very important this Saturday. You would rather have that than not. It sets up a platform. It gets you ready for the next one. You talk about legacy and all the silly things like this. It affects your pay. It affects your ego. You'll lose the belt. I mean, there's a, there's an answer to it, but there's another side of it is how could you make believe that Kamara Usman is hungrier to do something that he's already done? Just based on logic, how could you make that argument and believe that you're right? If you juxtapose that against the hunger of Leon, who is not in on participation, who is not a multimillionaire, who is not talking about legacy and chasing the shadow of George St. Pierre. He's not in those things yet and he wants to be. And he's worked his whole life to get there. How can you reasonably believe that these two have the same hunger? Which comes out the first rounds about athletics. After that, you're in a tough guy contest. And when you start about talking about championship rounds, you're talking about a very, very rare thing. So Kamara Usman is having to create scenarios. Sell himself on the idea. If I look good enough, I'm going to be up at 205. And what do I get at 205? Not I get to be world champion. I already am. Not I get to make more money. My contract's already done. What do I get? What is Kamara Usman truly after? He's after a challenge. He's after trying to put himself in a situation. Even if it's make-believe where he could get hurt. He could get embarrassed. He could get beat. He could get held down against his will. He could get punched and touched more times than he punches and touches the other person. That is an experience that he's not had at 170 pounds inside the octagon. He's literally trying to create it. He's not going to love when he hears me say, why are you telling people I could never get the fight? He's not, you're not going to get the fight. Dana's not going to leapfrog you over 185 pounds. Not to mention, if you go and succeed at 205 pounds, yes, that feels good for you. You just ruined a whole division. But 205 pounder gets beat by a 170 pounder. You got a big problem on your hands. That's a hole in the boat that you aren't going to patch. I I could go on and on. I don't feel that I need to. We understand that he's not going to get the opportunity. He may not understand it, but that's what this is about. That's precisely what this is about. Chemayev was talking about Kamaro the other day. A few days ago, Dana had come out doing media and said, if Chemayev beats Nate, he becomes the number one contender. Matter of fact, if Nate beats Chemayev, Nate becomes the number one contender. We'll have to get this whole contract thing worked out. But he's setting that fight up to draw into Kamaro. So they asked Chemayev about it. This wasn't a celebratory moment like most guys would have. Oh, great. I'm, I'm one away. I better get this one right. Chemayev took a different approach and said, Usman will retire before he faces me. He's so scared of me. He will count his accolades, he will rest on his laurels, and he will walk away. He will give the belt up before he ever gets in there with me. Well played. Very interesting. Kamara would not do that, just so you understand, but very well played by Chemaev. And it's one of these spots where, believe it or not, the one guy that Kamara truly wants to face is Chemayev or... Somebody else that provides the same narrative that Chemayev does of invinci- uh, invincibility, of undefeatedness, of youth, of hunger, of aspirations. He can get a, a line on him in Vegas. Put Kamara Usman as the underdog. Oh, Kamara would love to be the underdog. You have no idea. You all told Kamara he was going to get beaten. You found the person. You could convince the community of the fact that they would put their money where their mouth is. Oh, he'd be the happiest guy in the world. That's all he wants is one night, one time, one training camp where it truly is. The house is on fire and everything could be taken away from him. That's what he needs to be motivated. He's sharing that with us. He's letting us in on this. He's not using the language that I'm using. He's using a different speak. He's using the speak of champions. He's using the speak of, uh, of the greats. It's a very interesting thing. And it's also an ingredient. As much as I want to defend him, as much as I want to tell you, keep your eye on this, it is an ingredient to some degree of every major upset you've ever seen. Every big upset in sport. You can go back to Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson. There is an ingredient, regardless of cause, Regardless of what the demotivation was, regardless of what the distraction was, whether it was self-made or not, every upset has an aspect of this. And Leon has been equally as calculated. Leon is not few. All Leon wanted was this fight. Once he got the fight, he hasn't promoted this. He hasn't built it up. That's okay. I'd normally give a guy a hard time. Leon's seen that I have a demotivated champion. I have a champion who's searching for motivation. He's attempting to seize on it. You're going to see a close match here. I don't know that you're going to have a 3 2. I don't know that you're going to have a Colby Covington style situation. Colby Covington versus Kamar Usman is the closest, dirtiest fight I have ever seen, part one. But the scorecards represented it as well. It's two apiece going into the fifth. I, this could be 5 0 Usman. In all fairness, this could be 5-0 Usman. But they're going to be close. Leon's not going to get held down. He's not going to get pinned down. He's not going to get pummeled. He's not going to keep his hands down and get clipped. He's just not. He's going to make you work. He's going to stay aggressive. And when you start playing a game like that, When you have good, close fights, and every MMA coach and every MMA athlete will tell you, we do this in practice during sparring rounds. When there's 30 seconds left, the coach will yell, 30 seconds left. And if you could just win those last 30 seconds, in theory, you could win the whole round. Judges are human beings. They're going to remember what they saw last. A judge, as good as he is, when he's sitting there watching five minutes of action over the course of an evening, 11 fights and hours and hours have gone by, he's going to remember what just happened like any other human being. If you can steal those last 30 minutes, you can be very creative. We have guys in the sport that are masters of winning that last 30 seconds by whatever happened the previous four and a half minutes. As long as they kept it tight, as long as they kept it close, they can pull away. It's just one of those situations. You can never win by enough. The spread never gets too much. Nate versus uh, Diaz. Nate Diaz versus Leon, I think would be proof of that in the fifth round. What could have been. Whatever happened before that big shot, had there been a follow-up, I mean, I think I'm proving my point. John Anik met with Kamara. He's coming out to tell you guys the same thing, but it's for the same reasons that I am. It's in defense of Kamaro Usman. There is an appearance that he's taking his eye off of Leon. I'm trying to share with you. The greats, they speak a different language. They have a different talk. This is what Kamara's doing to stay hungry and to stay motivated. Is it a mistake? That's a totally separate conversation, and that's between those boys on Saturday. I'll have more on Uzman versus Edwards and the rest of my official predictions at the end of the show, but first, I want to talk about Luke Rockhold. So Luke has been making headlines this week with the things he said at the podium. I want to react to him. 2022, guys, I can't let it go. 2022, if you're a fight guy and you want to be on the business side, I mean, if that's your hope or dream, you look up to and you want to go to, I mean, there's things that you have to sit and study. You must study 2022. I don't have my finger on it yet. And I got to tell you, I've been watching. What day are we in? We're in the 20th day of the 8th month. I have studied it every single day. I don't, I don't fully have it. All I can tell you from an observation standpoint is it's never been done before. I'm talking about the Ultimate Fighting Championship specifically. But if 2022 Dana White had a conversation with 2001 Dana White, these two aren't going to agree. Some of the biggest stars are over here. They're on ice. They're not. It's not this, this huge push to get them in. Arenas are filling up. The ratings are doing great. We're getting the next guy in line, getting his opportunity. Some really positive things are happening. But it's a very different time. Let me give you a great example, guys. Paulo Costa is going to fight in a co-main event this weekend. Now, Ariel Hawani likes to use the term, the people's main event. It is a very big match. I mean, this is a sought-after and talked-about match, I- including by me. I'm Rick, Paulo Costa, Luke Rockall. I have a different opinion on Luke Rockall. I think Luke is good for the sport. I think it's a heck of a lot more fun when Luke is around. Luke is himself. He won't wilt. You guys boo him. He knows why you boo him, and he refuses to change. You can just go ahead and boo him. He's going to be him. I mean, not for nothing, but I like a guy like that. I like a guy that's that's true to himself and and lives by his code, whatever that might be. Now, Luke is a heel, make no mistake. Largely because he's handsome and can kick everybody's ass, right? I mean, he's got the two things that every guy wants. He can beat up all the dudes and he can take your girl. It's just a problem. You're going to be a heel. Well, Paulo costa has got the same thing. It's, it's just one, it's one of these things. Okay, great. So you have two heels. Now, there's nothing that you're guaranteed to make money off of, box office-wise, than a cool heel. It's hard to do. I'm not giving Paulo or Luke that credit. I mean, that's huge. Prey. You're talking about The Rock right now. You're about Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you can be a cool bad guy. It's huge. But you still have two bad guys. You have two heels. And they're going to fight each other. Now, generally in these situations, one guy flips to face because neither guy wants to be booed. They just are. The people that the crowd doesn't like, they didn't come out to be that guy. They wanted to be liked. They were just doofuses and people saw it and they started booing. It's one of these spots. So it's an opportunity for one of them to get what they truly want, which is the approval of the crowd. Neither guy is seeking it. When I talk about 2022 being unlike any other year, by example, this fight, co-main event, coming up this weekend, Paulo Costa just revealed it's the last fight on his contract. Now, we've seen guys play that game. Uh, Shane Burgos comes to mind. Just happened, landed over in the Professional Fighters League. We've seen guys do this. It's risky. I'm a risk taker. It's a little rich for my blood. If I'm to be fair with you, I think of myself as a guy that takes risks and I have big balls. I don't know that I have those. Right. If you're, if you're fighting, you're competing, you're talking about being a world champion, you're talking about pay-per-view and you're talking about making money. I mean, it's just like whatever job that you guys have or that I have now. The number one most important thing, it's not that I do a great job today. That's important. It's not the most important. The number one most important thing for me to do at my job today is make sure that I have a job to come to tomorrow. The single most important thing is that at the end of the day, no matter how successful or boy, it was a down day that I am not let go and I can come back and try again tomorrow in all fairness. So when a fighter like Paulo Costa fights out his contract, okay, great. But it's one of these spots as well where historically, you can't promote a guy that you don't have. There'd be no point. You're not going to co-main event. You're not going to take up TV time. You're not going to put billboards. You're not going to put down a whole bunch of money on a product that you can't get any ROI because he's going to be free tomorrow anyway. That that business model is not sustainable. Co-main event. He He just revealed this for us. It just came out. Talk about 2022 being different. That's a great example I just gave you on Paulo Costa. I think you'd have a hard time historically showing me any fighter who was on his last fight that got in a feature match like a co-main event. But fast forward a little bit, Nate Diaz publicly on his last fight, he's going to headline. He's going to main event. There's just not a lot of, of times in history, if any, specifically with the Ultimate Fighting Championship, where that's happened. Luke was doing it, and I'm jumping around. I realize I'm jumping around, but it it all ties back in together. It's just that we're in an unusual time. Is this going to work or is it not? What should we observe? Are we observing what to do or what not to do? I mean, don't forget, Dana White, as great as he is, he paid for his education. There was no library he could go check out a book on this. He didn't have an uncle or a buddy, someone that he could call to mentor him. There was no college he could get a degree. He paid for his education. He lost a bunch of money, made a whole bunch of mistakes before he straightened us. You got to study these things. 2022 really is a fascinating time. You come to Luke Rockall, what's Luke going to do? I mean, you have a co-main event of Paulo Costa who you don't know if you're going to get back. If he he doesn't beat Luke and he hasn't signed, he's probably not coming back. Oh, and by the way, if he does beat Luke and he hasn't signed, he's going to be a pain in the ass to work with. Okay, great, that's the business. Paulo's taking a risk, full respect to it, just spelling out for you. But the same thing goes for Luke. Whether he wins or loses, who knows when he's coming back. I can't remember the last time that he fought. So Luke goes into the press conference and he shows up with a stick up his ass. I don't know, Luke was mad, but it's great. It's one of the reasons I tell you it's more fun when Luke's around. Luke's always angry about something. He cut a promo on psychedelics. Literally. He, he used his press time in front of the world talking about mushrooms. And he was talking about it's a, it's a poison... If you don't know what you're doing, if you do and you're responsible, it's a medicine. And I've used this and I got a deeper I mean, he turned into this whole thing where we're going down this avenue that I never thought this would have gone. And then he picked out some reporter directly. Talked about Full Send podcast, talked about Barstool Sports, which, by the way, I don't think they're related, but Luke related them. And then he buried them. To the guy. It was like the guy and had some kind of defense to do with Cheeto Vera. I didn't fully understand the whole thing. I don't have to. I don't have to. There was a press conference yesterday. The top fighters in the world did it. I fast-forwarded all of them except Luke's. I watched it start to finish. There was something about it. He was giving business advice and talking about organizations. He was talking about leverage. I mean, he was going in all sorts of directions. And the bottom line is once he gets done with this whole thing, the only thing he has to look forward to is cutting weight down 185 pounds, getting a night's sleep, and then going in there with a guy they call the Terminator. I mean, you can't write this stuff any better. You, you cannot script, vince McMahon cannot script this better. And generally speaking, either Costa or Luke is going to come out to be the face. Like, the crowd doesn't boo two guys. There are times historically where the crowd will cheer, and then the crowd will cheer stronger. I could give you those examples every Saturday night. It's not great. It's not an emotion. It's not huge. It happens. I'd be very hard-pressed to give an example. One guy gets introduced and is booed. The next guy gets introduced and is booed. It's just not what the psychology of the fan is looking for. The psychology of the fan is looking to cheer for somebody and thus cheering against somebody. It's what this entire sport is. It's not punches and kicks. It's not belts and trophies. It's conflict and conflict resolution. Immediate. That is what drives this bit. That is what this is. This is why you're watching it on television. The same exact product, just by example, the same exact product with the same exact characters, if there was a draw clause and that became common, it's very different what the ratings do. It's very different how people come in. You have conflict, you have conflict resolution. It's important. And generally, one of the guys would reach to put all of their past behind him and come out and be a face and have the crowd cheering for him. Neither Paula was interested in that, and neither was Luke. That, to me, is interesting. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, this is a massive fight, in my opinion. Luke Rockholt was going to fight Sean Strickland. I personally would have used whatever influence I could, would Sean have beaten him, to make Sean the number one contender, and I think I would have won that battle. And at the end of the day, I could have won that battle. It's very rare that you beat a world champion. The history of this sport says you beat a world champion, you get a fight for a world championship. Now, that's not an absolute, but that is what the history of this sport dictates. There's not a lot of world champions floating around. Getting an opportunity, getting there with Luke Rockhold, it's a big deal. And now you're telling me that the guy who's getting that opportunity is not locked up under contract. In 2001, Dana White is going to tell 2022 Dana White, don't cone main event the sun, bitch. but he is. It's a very different time. There is a strategy and a plan going on on the second floor of the UC... I don't know what it is yet. But it's these little things. Little things keep on happening, such as this. For a reason, which I haven't yet figured out. But I'm identifying it for you. Enjoy it. Enjoy 2022. There's never been a year like it. MMA fans, UFC 278 has an action-packed fight card capped off with the anticipated world title bout between Usman and Edwards, which happens to be a rematch. Throw down and grab your own epic victory with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. This Saturday, New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also get a $10 risk-free same-game parlay. Just combine multiple bets, like which fighter will come out on top, how long the fight will last, and more. I gotta tell you, Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockholt keeps changing. Paulo, is he going to make weight? Is he going to return to a number one contender And Luke Rockhold as one of the few former world champions floating around the division? His name still matters. And that is why I'm keeping an eye on this weekend's co-main event. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Do it right now. Use the promo code CHAIL. Bet $5 on UFC 278 and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's Coach Hale this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. My official prediction, Aldo versus Marab. Guys, I got Marab. I got Marab. And you know what? It's hard to say. It really is. Those are painful words because you realize what... Talk about this being Aldo's last fight. Every time Aldo fights, it could be his last fight for sure. And we know that just from Aldo. Aldo has said, the only thing I have left is one more championship wrong. I've already done it, but I want to do it again. I want to do it at 135 pounds. I believe him. I have always believed him. If that's truthful, if I'm right, then every fight could be his last fight, right? If he gets beat, it's very hard to get to, to a championship opportunity, particularly when you've already been there. Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo, as great as those guys are, might have the hardest path of all the contenders to return to the opportunity. But, but before you think it's limited and it can't happen, there's another world champion floated around that weight class by the name of TJ Dillashaw who has gotten the opportunity. So it is possible. But now that we've identified it, now that we at least agreed that it's difficult to do with the fact the opportunity has already been there and with the miles that the car already has, right? I'm talking about age. With a loss, there is not a reasonable path that you could reasonably assume an athlete could follow to return. Marab hasn't lost since I don't know when. I think his last loss was to my own teammate, Ricky Simone, and that was years and years ago, and Marab hasn't been given a title fight. People aren't even talking about giving him a title fight if he gets by the legend Aldo, who used to be champion. Generally, the history of this sport is if you beat a former champion, you get an opportunity to become champion yourself. That discussion has not even begun on a young and hungry, beautiful rising star of Marab. I'm only sharing that with you because if Aldo is to lose, it's very unlikely that he can return to that status. Now, Dana won't force him out. He's done enough. You guys are still going to want to watch him. It's going to be a personal choice. But the information that we've been giving, and that's all I'm regurgitating for you right now. I'm not speaking for Aldo, and I'm certainly not calling for the retirement of the great Jose Aldo, but I am having a real hard conversation with you guys that if he loses this fight, it might be the last time you ever see him fight. Not according to me, according to him, according to what this is all about. So it's very meaningful. Here's the problem he's got with Marab. All right, good news and bad news, and they're the same piece of news. It's three rounds. Now th- the reason that's good news is Marab never slows down. He never gets tired. Fighting Marab for 25 minutes is a pain in anybody's ass. Even the great Jose Aldo, for sure. But now you've got to get the jump on a guy who's got a motor on him. you got to do it now. You cannot waste time. If Marab goes out and controls the first 10 minutes and sails the last five in, he still wins, right? The strategy is very different when you have three rounds. Joe Zayalo can't give away any time. Joe has got those combinations. He can come to the head. He can touch you in the liver. He can chop you to the leg. But he's got to find those spots. He can't go look for them. He has to find them right now. He cannot use the first round as a feeling out process or as a way to slow a guy down or as a way to measure a guy. Anything that you've ever heard an announcer say for a boring product, he can't do any of that stuff. He's got to win right now. That's generally harder to do on a younger guy. Now, nothing's changed for Aldo. There's no opponent that we can go and grab and we're not having the same discussion, which is Aldo is the veteran who at least in theory has more to lose and at least in theory is going to have a speed deficit. There's no opponent that we could throw out there where we don't say those exact same words. Marab's in more of a unique spot. Marab trains every day with uh, Aljo, who is the sitting world champion. He understands this weight class. He can't let anybody get in his way. Marab would be happier if it was a five-round fight. <clears throat> if Marab had it his way, it'd be a 12-round fight. So Marab's under the same pressure as Jose, which is there's no feeling out. I got to go and I got to find you right now. The danger that these both guys fight with, and as much as they're both willing to stay on their feet and trade, one guy, probability-wise, is going to get caught. You're far more unlikely to get to a decision and having a conversation about three rounds versus five rounds. However, it does go to a decision, it's much more likely to favor Marab. It's a big match, guys. I can't imagine a scenario where anybody ever cheers against Jose Aldo. He's got himself to a point in the sport where he's now an inspiration. You could aspire to be like him, aspire to have this drive. It's hard enough to get up in the morning. Imagine having the success that Jose had, but you just want to feel it one more time. You want that rush, you want that excitement one more time. You're willing to walk through fire to get it. I do feel that this is the underlooked fight of 135 pounds. I've seen headlines and been part of conversations that has to do with O'Malley versus Peter Yon, and I participated in this for over a month now. This fight is overlooked. We all had some fun. Cheeto Vera going into Dominic Cruz's hometown of San Diego. This fight matters, and no one's discussing it and it's not our fault there's a mistake here by Marab there's this mistake here by Aldo whatever happened with their managements and within their teams whatever happened to have such a beautiful contest with the sitting champion of the world and Aljamain sterling is saying if marab wins marab fights for my belt when you have the blessing of the sitting champion you are in a match that matters and this one's going overlooked but guys there's still time right cuz we have a we have a job in here too We can appreciate when somebody gets our attention. We can appreciate when somebody's really good with the promotion and the self-promotion. But every now and then, you've got some really great talents. That's not their strong point, and we got to fill in the gaps. we got to fill in the gaps here, and it's not too late. Something, something positive needs to happen to the winner of this fight. Do they go from here into a contention fight? Does what happened with the sitting champion Aljo is saying should happen, which is the winner here should be fighting for the belt. I don't think we're going to get that far, but at least we all agree that something positive should happen. The clock's ticking. These guys haven't sold the fight, but they've sold us plenty of other good things. Let's help them out here. Let's fill in the blanks. I'll start. I'll get the dialogue going. I'll start with my prediction. I'm taking Moran. My official prediction for paulo costa versus luke rockholt i'm taking paulo costa now history would agree with me the younger guy right that's something that history favors luke rockholt was a champion and now you've got a former number one contender how much does paulo costa have left in him i mean look i'm making this for you guys knowing that the weigh-in is still out there and It's one of the bigger stories. It's one of the bigger what-ifs in this fight. Now, we've got good news, which is I saw an interview with Luke Rockall where he said, even if Paulo Costa misses weight, I'm still going to fight him. Okay, great. I mean, at least we have that covered. Should push come to shove. But we are going to have questions around that. How is Paulo going to look? How is his energy levels going to be? What was different this time? Anytime a guy misses weight, you do have that question of why. I mean, it's calories in versus calories out. Did you eat too many calories, or did you not work hard enough? It's a very fair question that the audience is going to want to know. Did you not push her and suffer and sacrifice enough? Are you in the wrong weight class? Paulo Costa seems very committed to staying 185 pounds. Now, that's opposite of my wishes. If I had my way, he would go to 205. Not only do I think he would be a happier human being, not only do I think his career would just naturally be extended... Beating the scale is very difficult. You see a guy with 20, 30 fights, all you think about those 20, 30 fights, you forget about the opponent he had the day before that isn't written down on that bout sheet. And that's the scale. And Paulo Costa having to put so much effort and energy into just being within the limitations of the agreed-upon weight class, it takes attention and effort and energy. It takes your eye off the ball, off of focus, off of strategy, off of game plan. It's one of those things that I do think is very relevant, and I'm picking Paulo Costa, but I'm not picking him necessarily because I believe that he's that much of a better fighter. I think that Luke is better than you guys give Luke credit for. I think that Luke fights very dangerous at times. Luke has an ability to grapple with the best of them. Luke has the ability to take somebody down, what we call wrestling, that in-between. He doesn't love to turn to that. Luke does like to punch and kick. When the fight's over, he likes to go back and watch himself. He likes to see some of that striking aspect. And when he does it, he leaves himself vulnerable. When you're fighting a guy like Paulo Costa, who people call the Terminator, due to destruction that he's done on his feet, that is generally a flag that goes up and tells you, as his opponent, get a hold of him. Now, to out-wrestle a guy, you don't have to go to the ground. Contrary to what many people tell you, you can do that on your feet. Randy Couture versus Vitor Belfort. Now, I'm going way back to the 90s, so I need some hardcore fans here with me. But Randy out-wrestled Vitor that entire time. Now, Randy only took Vitor down once. But he got a hold of him. He's pushing, he's pulling, he's making him carry his weight. He's dictating what Vitor can do and can't do. That's called wrestling. Luke Rockhold has those skills but I'm not confident that he'll turn to them. I've seen him in a number of matches where he did not turn to them. And I don't know, right? Luke's been out for a period of time. That matters. History and studies show us that that matter, but it doesn't seem to be affecting Luke. Now, I'd be okay with it. I would have a confidence in Rockall if he spoke about it. Luke's got the right to keep things to us. I understand he's not putting everything out there for the world. I'm just sharing with you if he acknowledged... That rust is a real thing, and therefore I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It would give me a little bit more of a confidence that he isn't going to go out there and attempt to trade or stand in a pocket with a guy who earned the nickname of Terminator. I think Luke's going to make that mistake. I also think that Paulo Costa is going to struggle with the weigh ins. I think that Paulo Costa is going to use a lot of energy right off the bat. I mean, right, I, th- I think both of these guys have a huge opportunity, but it's not about imposing their will. It's not about using their skills. I think they both have an opportunity to watch the other one feel the pressure and choke on it. There's a lot going into this match. For this match, of former world champion versus former number one contender, for them to be meeting up, both of them coming off of losses and they're in a co-main spot over a former world champion. Right? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here. And for us, it's fun. We're just having a good time. We're just sit back. We're going to enjoy it. See where the chips fall. Maybe there'll be a little drama at the way. I get, I get that. But for them, it's different. This is very meaningful. There is no way and nobody that's ever beaten Luke Rockholt and something great wasn't next for you in your career. And there's only a couple of men to ever get the jump over Paulo Acosta. Neither one of these two is guaranteed a world title shot with a victory. But I do think that Luke Rockhold returning to championship form is a lot closer than many of you do. I think he's one win away and two wins away at all times. I think he could catch the attention and the imagination of Israel Adesanya very quickly. I'm not predicting for you with a win here, Luke fights for the belt, but I will predict you that it's close. For Paulo to return, it's close, not to mention we could be playing musical chairs within that division. Israel Adesanya has got his great nemesis coming up within Piera. If Piera goes and steals the night there, you're having a totally different discussion about parity towards the top. This match is just the start, but this match has significance and it matters. It's a great contest. I predict Paulo does make weight, by the way. And I predict that Paulo Costa does beat Luke Rockhold. My official prediction, Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman. Guys, it's the same two guys doing the same exact thing, right? I mean, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. I got to take Kamara. I realize in sport that things go back and forth, but you're going to have to convince me of what's going to be different this time. Anytime there's a rematch, I am within my right to ask you that. And if you want to pick an adverse outcome than the one that we've already seen, you have to be able to answer it in convincing fashion. What's going to be different this time? Now, we had a fighter within the weight class. We had a fighter named Chemayev weigh in on this. Chemayev says, in comparison to the first time that they fought, That Edwards is a better wrestler and Kamara Usman is a better striker. That they're both equally better in different fields. I don't know that I disagree. I mean, I have seen Kamara Usman striking, particularly after he moved out to Colorado and started working with Trevor. I have seen a significant difference in his striking. That's accurate. I trust he was already pretty good with striking and had the confidence to do it. He was overwhelming with wrestling. Now he's out there showing. He wants to trade before he goes in for the clinch. I think that's a fair assessment by Chamayo. But when it comes to Edwards and being better at wrestling, he's gotten more takedowns. Has he defended more? That's the thing that I'm looking for. I don't care if Edwards can take Kumar Usman down. Personally. It'd be a huge deal if he did. I would give him a lot of credit. I don't have to have it. If I'm Team Edwards, I just need to know that we fixed the deficit, that we can stop the takedown from happening to us, or that we can scramble up from the bottom. Now, that's a really hard thing to work on. It's really, truly difficult to get good at wrestling as an adult. Because where are you going to do it at? And you guys, just insert yourself just for fun. I know you're not looking for a wrestling club, but you drive around town a lot. You talk to a lot of people. Have you ever driven past a commercial location where they're teaching people to wrestle? No. Do you know anybody amongst your friends that you could call up and go, hey, you got your son in a side. Where's that at? Could I go down there and join when it has to do with wrestling? The answer is no. Wrestling is directly tied to the school systems. So if you turn 25 and 26 years old, first off, you're probably not going to find somewhere that you're welcome. You're now an adult going into wrestle with children, but it's also going to be very humbling for you. You're going to go there as an adult and you're going to have 15 and 16 year olds kicking your ass. It's one of those things. If you didn't grow up wrestling, it's very unlikely that you're going to learn it later in life. That doesn't mean within the world of mixed martial arts that you don't have good gyms and good coaches that can isolate the two things that you need to do. It wouldn't matter how good the wrestler is you're taking on. If you understand two things, you can stop that wrestler. I'm not going to give you what those two things are, but there's two things and there are some gyms out there that do know them and guys can make some massive progress. In addition, if Kumar Usman is planning to go out and trade, and Leon is prepared to stop the takedown, these are all good news for Leon. According to the way Chamayev laid it out would be very good news for Leon, but in the final analysis, Chamayev picked Usman. Says it's going to be close. I see it the same way. I think you have a very long fight here. Leon Edwards is able to check a box. It's a box of an intangible. It's what you don't see at home. It's what the commentators don't talk about. You talk about who's a southpaw and who's got the longer reach and this guy's going to flinch and he comes with this leg. You've then got what only competitors understand. And one of those things is conditioning. Who can push harder longer? I don't know that Leon is better than Kamara in that regard, but I will tell you that Leon can match Kamara. And before you can ever beat Usman, you have to be able to match that pace and that endurance. Then you start to get into the X's and O's. I mean, in all fairness, Kamaru's got himself into a spot. And if you were to take Colby Covington part one and two out of it, tell me the last time Usman lost a round. And some of you smart guys are going to throw up the Burns fight and Burns had him wobble. I think you still understand my point. You have a very dominant athlete in Kumar Usman, a former national champion wrestler that if he wants and when he's disciplined, will push you into the fence and then take you to the mat. You can go see Leon versus Kamara Part 1, but if you have a very disciplined opponent that knows to keep his back off the fence, keep things in the open, how to work his way to his feet, and Leon's been given almost six years, six years from the first time that he was introduced to the experience that he's going to have to go through for the championship this week, and that same experience against that same guy, it's enough time. I talk about there's two things you have to do with the wrestler. It's enough time to not only identify those two things, but master those two things. So now if you're stuck on your feet with Kamaro, is it enough? We've all seen what a good job Usman can do. We saw him spin George all around. We saw him take care of Gilbert Burns. But like anybody, if you start to fall in love with the swing, golfers do this all the time. Golfers will fall in love with the swing. They forget everything else. I don't think we've seen that with Kamara Usman. I haven't seen a former national champion wrestler in Kamar Usman that's going out there and just looking to show off his hands. I see him using those hands to get back to that wrestling. It's the right fight to make. Kamar's become champion, and we're talking about him lapping the division. This is the right fight. He needs this contest over Edwards. But I will remind you guys before we even get to that point, this is going to be tight, and it's going to be close. And we come out Monday morning. If Kamara's still got the belt and people want to go, Oh my gosh, he's not as good as he used to be. Well, you forgot their first fight. Their first fight was hard. It was tough. Leon battled with him. It was a positional battle. He wasn't able to, he wasn't able to overcome. There was a deficit there. He's had six years to make that up. Chemayev put this fight 60%. He was favoring Usman 40% to Edwards. So he put it at 60 40. I think that I see it that same way. I see it the same way 60-40. I don't think that Usman is ever going to be in great jeopardy. I don't think he's ever going to be in trouble. But even the rounds that he wins, he's going to barely win. They're going to be close. It's going to be a close fight regardless of outcome. My official prediction and still Kamar Usman as your champ. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And if you want immediate reaction to UFC 278, head on over to my YouTube channel Sunday morning. As for the podcast, I'm going to be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the fights tomorrow night. Until next week, I'm Chael Sutton, and you are welcome.